0: This is episode 60 of the Christian Travelers Network. Today, Naomi Wells joins us to talk about her one way ticket around the world. Welcome to the Christian Travelers Network, where travel stories, community, and scripture combine. Christian travelers so glad that you are here today Naomi Wells is going to join us and talk about her experience when her and her husband just kind of picked up everything and went but before we dive into that I want to talk to you a little bit about our Facebook and Instagram Uh, those are some places that you can join us in conversation but then you can also head to our website christiantravelers.net there you'll find other podcasts and faith and travel resources But without further ado, Naomi is a lay person who belongs to the Apostolic Churches of Australia and New Zealand. In August 2019, she packed up her life, booked a one way ticket for herself and her husband, Jesse, and set off to Europe and Central Asia with only a thousand New Zealand dollars or 600 USD, no real plan, the blessings of her church, and a desire to change hearts within and outside of the modern church. Hi, Naomi, how's it going?
1: Hi, Sarah. Thanks for having me. It's going well. How are you?
0: I am doing well. So tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: Cool. So um, my name is Naomi, obviously. Uh, I'm married to Jessie. We've been married for three years now. uh, And we both live in New Zealand. We spent about the last 18 months traveling, with nine months of that being full time. Um, I'm a communications student I study library and information studies journalism public relations and local government and I'm aiming for a uh, doctorate in theology soon in about seven years so in seven years I'll graduate and um, yeah that's that's kind of what I aspire to is getting a doctorate in uh, theology and helping build bridges between the secular world and the Christian world.
0: That's amazing so will that make you a pastor then?
1: Uh, I'm not sure if it will make me a pastor. God is still showing me what he will want me to do with that, but it will make me a doctor, I guess. Not a Uh, real doctor, but a, you know, fake doctor, I guess.
0: (laughs) I mean, you put in the time and the work, so that's, that's amazing. Um, I have my bachelor's in theology, so. Oh, nice. Yeah. So... Packing up your life for 19 months, I think for a lot of people, or 18 months, sounds like a kind of a dramatic change. What inspired that? Um,
1: Lots of little things. We've never really had a God moment as a lot of people describe it. You know, we didn't have Oprah's sort of aha moment, um, but a lot of little signs pointed us to start traveling even long before we were married. Um, I've always had a desire to travel and travel to the places where people don't go. And after I met Jesse, we kind of felt a strong desire to travel to Eastern Europe and sort of the places where the church lives a lot, but is not so much active, um, where religion is a part of life, not so much a relationship with Christ. And over the space of our marriage, um, we've just had little signs pointing us towards where we should go. We host couch surfers um, and they've, through our conversations with us, given us tips on where we should go and what we should do, and many of them are non-religious. Most of our couch surfers have been atheists or ex-Christians who've walked away, and they've found talking to us about theology a really good thing. So that sort of desire within us came from hearing from other people that we should travel on a missions trip. Um, not just traveling for the sake of getting the Instagram and eating all the pierogi until we explode. So, (laughs) you know, it wasn't a big moment. But um, for us two, the biggest thing that sort of inspired us to travel was a desire that we have to change the world one person at a time.
0: When you said that you wanted to do missions, it sounds like you have a heart for just kind of those that don't know Christ, did you choose to do this trip through an organization or was it just kind of spirit led?
1: It was very much spirit led. We talked with our pastors and our small group about going with an organization versus not going with an organization. And at the end of the day, the decision was made that going independently would be best. Um, This also has to do with the fact that we are not just focused on those who have not heard the gospel before, but our whole sense in terms of what I look at when I look at the PR of the church is that the church struggles to gain new people because we struggle to hold the people that we have. Um, So for us, we wanted to do a lot of things that would involve getting right up close with people who have left the church, who have been hurt by the church. And a lot of organizations just don't allow the freedom for that. You know, it's a lot of evangelizing and we're both more shepherding teaching types. So we wanted to get down and go in and get in with the gay community in Eastern Europe and go, what led you away from the church? And get in with the people who have left and become atheists in Germany and France and go, what has made you decide that the church is not worth being a part of your life anymore? And within a Christian organization, a lot of organizations just can't do that because they're governed by legislation um, and, and pleasing those who've made donations. Whereas if we went independently, we could do both missions for those who don't know the gospel and missions for those who knew the gospel and have chosen to walk away or have been made to walk away by circumstance.
0: So when you asked those questions about what made them walk away, was there like a common trend that you noticed or not really?
1: The two most common trends were uh, how the church deals with money. Um, And again, we have to remember that a lot of people who we've talked to who walk away from the church have been grounded in a theology that doesn't quite fit with the gospel or in a church whose focus may not have been on Christ. Um, But a lot of them really struggled with the way in which the church focused so heavily on money and finances and mega pastors who have 25 million dollar jets and yet still make single mothers feel guilty for not being able to tithe enough. Um, And the second biggest problem that people felt was sort of we see in matthew 7 3 verses to 5 and jesus says that we should not point out the speck in our brother's eye when we still have a plank in our own eye and people really struggle with the fact that the church is constantly judging them um, and they feel like that's not what jesus about jesus is about mm-hmm. so they go well why is jesus about loving everyone and the church is about judging everyone
0: So in those conversations, how did you find ways to even start that conversation or how did you respond when they brought some of those things up?
1: Well, I find that starting out with playing board games with people and, and allowing conversation to flow naturally, is a really good place to start. Um, A lot of people, we didn't advertise the fact that we were Christian, but nearly every conversation turned into a theological conversation. Um, So talking about politics and religion and all these sort of taboo topics that we're told not to talk about over a board game or over a meal people are much more open um to discussing these things with you and also if you're just an honest person people can see that you're an honest person and they can immediately trust you if you've kind of got nothing to hide
0: were there any fears going into this trip uh, with limited money or finding places to stay? Was there any fears that you had?
1: Yes, um, finances was a big one. Um, we were able to continue our studies while we were traveling, which was a lot of hard work. But that meant that we were able to get a small strip in, in this form of a scholarship, um, which is not a, not a lot. I think it's about 60 US dollars a week. Um, which when you're traveling through Europe is not does not go very far um at all. So during the semester we were able to use that. But there was um a lot of fear about where we were going to sleep some nights and but we had a lot of people reach out to us, just heard some people just heard about us through people that we'd hosted on couch surfing, had then gone home and told their families about us or their friends about us, and other people who reached out to us and offered to let us stay with them um included other worship leaders who'd seen our posts online and were interested in having us stay so we got hosted in switzerland and germany by worship leaders who we'd never met uh who would just talked to online a few times and that was an amazing experience just relying on the generosity of others Um, but there were still some days where it was like okay we have to buy like one cheeseburger and one apple and that's it for the day you know (laughs) so it was a it was a bit of balance
0: yeah Um, were you guys outside of the stipend from your college? Did you have any kind of income while you were traveling or not really? No. So where did God kind of take you on your journey? Where did you all end up going?
1: Our original plan when we left Australia, our original plan was to go to Georgia Uh, Georgia the country not Georgia the state just because I'm aware a lot of your listeners will be American um, was to go to Georgia which is a country in Central Asia and our plan was to stay there for a year and God just sort of led us to some places that we didn't expect to go so we sort of accidentally moved to Turkey um (laughs) (laughs) which is, you know, strange when you say it in a sentence, but yeah, we accidentally moved to Turkey. Um, and we had some amazing opportunities to visit places we never thought we'd be able to visit. Um,
0: how did you accidentally move to Turkey?
1: So we were planning on going to France. We'd found a couple of workaways and France is a country that I'm really interested in. I studied French in high school, Um, and my husband loves wine, so, you know, win-win there. But it's also a country that has sort of fallen away from God. It it had its foundations and its beginnings were so set in Christianity, and now it's one of the largest growing atheist populations in the world. So I wanted to go. So we found some workaways, and we planned on going, um, and we found a workaway in Turkey. So the plan was leave Georgia, go to Turkey for two weeks, and then fly to France, um, and the airline that we'd booked with actually went bankrupt between oh. booking the flights and going. But by that point, we'd already caught the bus to Turkey. So we were in Turkey, and we had a little bit of savings left at this point because we'd been putting away a little bit of our strip in every week. So we had some savings there, and we put that towards new flights, which then also got cancelled because protests were so bad that we weren't able to access the airport. So two sets of flights got cancelled, and we were kind of like, "Wow, well, we've got no money, and we're stranded in a foreign country, so I guess we've moved to Turkey. <laughs> so that was just kind of how it happened. So um, at the time, we thought it was, you know, just, just another thing happening. But in the end, looking at the broader picture, we can totally see that that was God's way of saying, you know, you, you're not supposed to go to France, and, and Turkey needs you, the city we were in in Turkey needs you so you know but at the time it was just like well cool there's all our money and there's all our plans
0: (laughs) great (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah that had to be a little stressful yeah quite
1: quite (laughs) luckily I I thrive in a stressful environment so it ended up being all right
0: (laughs) Good, good uh so what did you do in Turkey uh so in
1: Turkey we um started off by helping out at an English language center. Um, So it was a cafe set up that was run for four hours every evening, six nights a week. Um, It was mostly aimed at university students, but the idea was that they'd come in and you would only speak English. Um, You'd have some coffee, you'd play some board games, talk with your mates, every now and again would run some like educational games, but it was aimed at adults. So it was mostly board games and talking in order to help develop the English language skills and comprehension skills. Um, so we did that for a little bit. And then obviously after we didn't end up leaving Turkey, we found a apartment with an Iranian friend of ours that we'd met along the way. And we just sort of went, okay, we're going to take every opportunity we can to see what people think about Christianity. And we had no, no intention of converting anyone from Islam. Turkey is a 98.8% Islamic country. Um, mm no intention of converting anyone but we thought we will try and build some bridges here and just let people know if what they believe about christianity and especially western christianity is is wrong um so mm-hmm. yeah we just sort of had a at that point we kept volunteering at the cafe but everyone knew that our door was always open and we just sort of entertained guests full-time i guess you could say
0: <laughs> so <laughs> well that's really cool and so how long did you stay in turkey
1: So we ended up staying in Turkey for about two and a half months. Um, Mm -hmm. And then just before COVID-19 sort of happened, a lot of things just sort of happened in rapid succession that led us to go, we need to come home uh, back to New Zealand, which is a country we hadn't been in for a couple of years by that point. Um, Mm -hmm. So yeah, we, we came back to New Zealand and then, As we were heading back to New Zealand, COVID happened and we were like, cool. Thanks, God. Much appreciated.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, goodness. So that's only a couple of months. What were some of the other things, places that you visited during those 18 months?
1: Um, So we spent a lot of time in Western Australia. And then after Western Australia, we went to Poland for a little while, which was really, really nice. Poland has completely and utterly stolen my heart. Um, we went to Latvia to catch up with some friends that had stayed with us in Australia that we'd met then. Um, we also traveled a lot around Germany, a lot around Germany. I think we spent about three months in Germany overall, just in different times. Um, which is a beautiful country. Germany is a beautiful place. Very, very friendly people as well.
0: Do you have any special stories of like any people that you encountered or friendships you made?
1: We made a lot of friends, I think, because the entire sort of vision of this trip was meeting people and talking to people to find out sort of what needed to change and, and what their visions of the church and Christianity were, that we've made so many friends and so many friends that we still talk to. Um, we've made friends from Egypt, uh, Georgia, friends from Singapore, um, But one of my favorite memories, I think, that sort of ties up our entire trip together was uh, in Tbilisi, which is the capital city of Georgia. And there was a craft beer bar that was closing down. And for one night only, for all the expats, it had half price off all their beer and food. So we knew everyone was going to be down there. So we went down and everyone had had a few drinks. And I was just sitting at the table, sipping on my ginger beer, you know, because by the time everyone else is drinking, they can't see what you're drinking, you know. So I'm sitting there drinking my ginger beer and my husband's drinking his lemonade. And we've got it around the table, we've got 17 people from 14 different countries, nine different religious faiths talking about God and Jesus and what needs to change and what they feel in certain situations. And then onto the radio comes Zach Williams' Chain Breaker, and the people at the bar didn't realize that it was a Christian song. So we all start singing a worship song with these people who have no idea that it's a worship song mm-hmm. in English in Georgia, <laughs> just with a bunch of random people from different countries and different faiths. And it was it was amazing. It was the most euphoric experience, just being surrounded by people and a familiar song and just having them sing these words that they didn't qu- they didn't quite understand. I explained afterwards, but just mm-hmm. a song they all felt was so peaceful and so right for them in the- in their stage of life. It was just an amazing experience.
0: Oh, that's so cool! Music is so impactful.
1: It really is. Really is.
0: Um, we kind of talked a little bit about some of your fears. Were there any particular blessings, I guess, or excitements along the way?
1: Just the generosity of people. I mean, we got the opportunity to stay um, with a beautiful, beautiful family. Um, Christian and Bettina Muller allowed us to stay with them in the Swiss mountains for two weeks. For no charge, we, we... cooked a few meals and we sat around the table and we belong to different denominations, but we just sat around the table every day at lunchtime with them and their kids. And we talked about God and faith and politics and the differences and similarities between our home countries and just the generosity that they had to allow two random strangers that they'd met on the internet to stay there. And for us, you know, Switzerland is a country we could never dream of going to because it's so expensive, you know, especially with the budget that we had, non-existent, you know. <laughs> so just that sort of generosity. Um, And another guy that was so generous to us um, was a guy called Jonathan who allowed us to stay with him in a city called Tübingen, which is just south of Stuttgart in Germany. And he let us stay for an entire week and um, we had a great time with him and he invited his friends over to meet us as well. And we went to church, although Jesse did fall asleep during the service, which is, (laughs) I've got a photo of that. It's always great when the visiting missionary falls asleep in the middle of the church service. Uh, (laughs) But just the, the pure generosity of other people to allow random strangers that they don't know into their homes and into their hearts was just amazing to see you know it really just made us sort of realize that even if we don't know these people there is something connecting us that allows them to to know that that they're investing into something greater than themselves by allowing us to stay and it was just it was just amazing really
0: yes uh it's always amazing to me just how much travel seems to put our trust, move our trust from our finances and from the things that we like typically have control over, yeah. and it opens our eyes to what God's doing every day.
1: It is amazing, and other travelers too who started to realize that money wasn't as much important as the people that they met and the experiences that
0: that have. If someone else was thinking about um, just buying a one-way ticket and kind of just letting the spirit lead, what advice would you have for them? My
1: first big piece of advice would be don't go alone. Physically, you can go alone. um, But make sure that you've got people behind you who understand why you're doing what you're doing and who are prepared to emotionally... Help you along the way when the going gets tough, especially if, like us, it's your first time traveling overseas. You know, and you're you're not prepared for anything that the world is going to throw at you. And mm-hmm. really expect the worst, because if you expect the worst, every day is a good day, because the worst <laughs> never comes. But if it you does. expect the best, every day is going to disappoint you. You know, mm-hmm. so kind of be mm-hmm. pessimistic a little bit and and plan for the worst. I would say make sure, I mean, just really practical stuff. Make sure that you've got a folder that you keep in your carry-on that has photocopies of all your insurance papers, your marriage, if you're married, your marriage certificate, your birth certificate, all that sort of stuff. In case you get stuck and you lose your bags, you can't go out and buy all new stuff. And this sort of stuff is expensive. I mean, replacing a birth certificate here is about 80 bucks, you know? Mm -hmm. So just that real practical sort of mindset. And the other thing is... Don't go to the tourist traps. Mm. Focus more on the people and the people that, that will change your life, the sort of real, honest people. They live in the smaller cities, in the smaller towns, in the countries which names you can't pronounce, and they will be so welcoming and so excited to have you with them.
0: Absolutely. And then also, with COVID-19, travel has changed for everyone. I know it also impacted you. You had to go home um, or things kind of aligned at that time. What advice would you have for people with COVID-19 and travel, how they could still, I don't know, make an impact?
1: Mm, So for those who are still on the road, um, first of all, I want to say I commend anyone who's listening to this who's still on the road. I commend you greatly. Um, and for those who've had to go home or who haven't left yet, you know you're not a failure. Um, I just wanted to make that really clear because I understand that's a feeling that you know a lot of us are getting right now. Um, but for those who are still on the road, just really remember that right now you are a, you are a country, you are your country's ambassador. Um, so everything that you do and say in this time will reflect on the country that you represent. So really follow the laws and follow the rules, but also look out for your new community. If you've been stranded in southern Argentina for two months, then go and, go and prepare a meal and take it to your neighbours and just really sort of, even if you can't speak the same language, really sort of show them that they are cared about and that someone else loves them and cares for them. Um, and for people who are considering travelling right now, explore your own backyard first. There are so many things that you can do in your own backyard. And I know not everyone is lucky enough to live in New Zealand, but there will still be some things that you can see and do that you've probably never thought about. Find a new hiking trail, really support your local businesses by buying local um, and traveling local and just follow all the lo- all the laws and all the rules that the government has put in place for you. Um, because at the end of the day, this this too shall pass, you know. This will pass, and life can go back to the way it was. But take this as an opportunity to spend time with the people around you, whether they're your family or your friends or a new community. Just get to know where you are now, like the back of your hand, and just really experience what that's like. Um, and also take some time if you've traveled a lot and you've had to go home, just rest. Take this time to rest because as people who travel a lot, that's something that we are really bad at doing. So take the time to rest and enjoy being you for a little bit and enjoy unpacking your suitcase and actually being able to put your clothes away for a couple of weeks.
0: (laughs) Yes. Oh, my goodness. And that is really good advice. Uh, You are a representation of your country. And if you are at home, uh, there's plenty of opportunities to explore your own community as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one of the questions I always love to ask our guests is what has been the biggest God moment in all of your travels?
1: So Jesse and I sat down for about an hour last night trying to think of our biggest God moment (laughs) because (laughs) we don't have big God moments. We have little, little moments, you know, um, Mm -hmm. but I would have to say probably Christmas and New Year's. We had Christmas in our small apartment in Turkey and we had 15 Muslims over having their first ever Christmas Um, and we talked to them about the differences between our faith and theirs um, because Muslims do believe that Jesus was a great prophet, Um, they just don't believe that he is the son of God. So he's still a very revered figure in their faith and in their religion. So just talking to them about why we celebrate Christmas and what he meant to us and then listening to them talk about who the person of Christ means for them in their faith journey was an amazing experience. And as we were all sitting around the table, I just thought to myself, I thought when I left Australia, even when I left New Zealand, I did not think that I would be spending Christmas this way. <laughs> like, oh. It was just like God was saying, even when your plans don't happen, there is something better that I have lined up for you. That was just an amazing experience.
0: That is incredibly memorable and a wonderful blessing that you got to experience that. We have really appreciated having you on the podcast. Outside of this, how can our listeners connect with you?
1: Um, I'm pretty hidden away on the internet. Um but on Instagram or on Medium, I've started writing some articles on there. Um they can find me at just a naybody um with underscores so just underscore A underscore naybody N A E B O D Y. My nickname is Nay and I'm just a nobody, so, you know, mm-hmm. ties in quite well like that. Um, but yeah and and if you're interested in in just sort of getting involved with a Christian community, um, look no further than your back back step as well. There will be a lot of churches in your area for every unreached people group. There's a thousand churches, so you'll find one. Um, (laughs) But really, if you want to find out more about how you can travel and go on missions as well, I would highly recommend um, if you're into medicine or anything like that, looking at an organization such as Mercy Ships or doing a YWAM or something similar, if you're wanting to travel uh, and, and, and sort of go on a guided missions trip your first time, that's something I would really recommend, something that has theological study as well as a practical component to it.
0: Thank you so much, Naomi. I hope our listeners have enjoyed hearing you talk about such a unique experience, and um, I hope that you get to do some more travels like this in the future.
1: Thank you so much, Sierra. It's been a
0: pleasure. Thank you. Well, Christian travelers, I hope you've enjoyed today's episode. And until next time, safe travels and God bless.